0: Well, this morning we're continuing this series called uh, A Lost Connection. And so we've entered the part of, of the book of Ephesians where to, Apostle Paul begins talking about these issues about relationships. I've told you that the first part of the book of Ephesians was about doctrine and theology, and now we're learning how to live that out. And what does that look like? What does it mean to live our faith out in the, in the midst of relationships? And so if you have your Bibles, your electronic devices, you can turn with me or click to, uh, whichever the, way you get God's Word, you can turn or click to Ephesians chapter 4 verse 32 or Genesis chapter 50 verse 15 so we're going to use these two groups of scripture to help us understand today's topic or today's sermon title the sermon title today is leave your message after the tone in other words we're talking about forgiveness that sometimes there's some things that happen in relationships that break a relationship to where it's just leave your message after the tone we are no longer talking we're no longer in a relationship that may be physically that may be emotionally that, that we just break ties and so scripture begins talking about this issue of forgiveness fact is scripture has a lot to say about forgiveness now just out of my life forgiveness uh was was a, was a long process and journey for me and so a lot of this kind of comes some of my life message out of this sermon or out of these scriptures. So Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32, here's what Paul says. And listen, you want to know one of the marks of Christian maturity? It is this verse. It is learning to live this verse out in our day-to-day life. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32 says this. says, be kind to one another. Tenderhearted, forgiving, continual, forgiving one another. As, so if you want to know how do you forgive as God in Christ, that's really important, in Christ, as God in Christ forgave you. Paul in the, in the first chapter, or, or First Corinthians chapter 13 verse 5, he begins defining out love for us. That love is, is like this action word. Love is something that we do. And so he begins defining out what love looks like in relationships. And so Paul begins saying these things in verse 5. He says, it, speaking of love. Love does not demand its own way. Love is not irritable. Love keeps, so important, keeps no record. In my Bible, I circled record. Keeps no record of being wronged. In other words, that what Paul says, this issue of love, you walk in forgiveness of each other, that love is this issue to where you keep no record of being wronged. And, and so here's the interesting thing about that word wronged uh, or record in the, in the Greek. The word record in the Greek means this. what fact is it was an accounting term. It was a term that accountants would use in their day, and it meant to keep a ledger. In other words, to keep a ledger of some things that you didn't want to forget. To keep a ledger of some things to document some things. And so what Paul is saying, that true love is this. That true love is walking in forgiveness in such a way that you're not keeping a ledger or a record of the hurt or the wrong of the past. Now listen, let me tell you something. Just a little glimpse into, into my life at the depth of my unforgiveness in my life, I had a a yellow legal pad that I wrote down every hurt that came out of childhood because I was worried that I would forget something when I got the opportunity to talk to them face-to-face. I didn't want to forget a thing. And that ledger just about destroyed me. Unforgiveness. Telling you, I've lived it. I know what it's like to have to forgive others. And then have to come to the place to where you forgive yourself for how you responded in unforgiveness and resentment and bitterness. So I am not talking to you this morning like a pastor that's never experienced this and saying this is just some sterile formula or some some formula that you have to walk through. I have lived this in my life. And Paul is talking about this issue that love keeps no ledger, keeps no accounting of wrong. I heard the story about these guys that were playing golf together and we're walking down a fairway, and all of a sudden, one guy decided he wanted to talk about his wife. And so he looked over at the other guy and says, man, my wife got, she got mad at me this weekend. And she, well, my wife got, got uh, historical. And the guy looked at him and says, you mean hysterical? He goes, oh, no, my wife got historical. She told me everything that I've ever done wrong in my life. So what Paul is saying is this, is that, is that we cannot get historical in relationships, that, that love walks in such a way that we don't keep an accounting, we don't keep a record. And so a lot of times when people come to this issue of forgiveness, and listen, there's years that I, I didn't understand what forgiveness was, and I didn't understand what forgiveness meant. In fact, is I had some false beliefs about what forgiveness is and what forgiveness is not. And so this morning, just... I just want to give you five basic biblical beliefs and I'm going to run through these very quickly because our time is short this morning and I want to give you these biblical beliefs real quickly and then we're going to move into the process of forgiveness and how do I forgive and what does that process look like and so the five basic beliefs about forgiveness in the scriptures the first one is this forgiveness isn't conditional listen this morning I am not I am talking about forgiveness and not reconciliation reconciliation forgiveness two different things for uh, reconciliation means two parties to change mutually. Forgiveness is this. Listen, I'm telling you, forgiveness isn't conditional. Forgiveness is a transaction between you and a gracious God. Forgiveness is a rela- is a is a transaction between you and God. And so it is not conditional. The second thing is this, forgiveness is not minimizing the seriousness of the offense. In other words, forgiveness is not this. Forgiveness is not saying, "Oh, it was no big deal. Oh, it really didn't hurt. Oh, I'm fine." Or, you know what, just rub some dirt on it, you'll be fine. Forgiveness is not taking, listen, when you minimize the offense, you cheapen forgiveness. So forgiveness is being aware that yes, it hurt, and yes, it was difficult. The third thing about forgiveness is this, forgiveness isn't resuming a relationship without changes. In other words, there's some things that have to happen. And when you start stepping towards that, that reconciliation, and how do you move past that? The other thing about forgiveness is this. Forgiveness, when someone is really broken, when someone, forgiveness will make restitution whenever possible for damage that is done. In other words, the forgiveness understands that there was hurt and there was damage that was done. And so forgiveness will make restitution whenever possible. And the last thing is this, is the offender must rebuild your trust that they have, that they have changed over time. I mean, so many times when people end up in a pastor's office or when someone starts talking about this issue of forgiveness, the offender a lot of times will look at the person they hurt and say, Well, now that you've forgiven me, if you've really forgiven me, you need to trust me now. I mean, what's the big deal? Just trust me. I'm telling you, trust is when trust has been broken, trust is something that is rebuilt over time. And so there's the five basic beliefs that the Bible teaches about forgiveness and I want to move to the the second principle this morning real forgiveness involves three steps real biblical forgiveness and listen I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a heads up this morning none of, none of these steps are easy telling you I've lived them I know it and so and you may even wanna ask God just real quickly God is there anybody that I need to forgive? Is there anybody I haven't forgiven? We had a lady in our our, seven, our our 6 o'clock service on Saturday night, and she came up after the service and says, you're not, you're not going to believe this. I didn't realize I had unforgiveness. And somewhere in the course of the service, God revealed to me that I hadn't completely forgiven my mom. And that's what's been causing me a lot of, a lot of issues. And she said on Sunday, which is today, I'm going to work through these steps, and I'm going to figure it out. So real forgiveness is, is three steps, and it, it, it's a process. Genesis chapter 50, verse 15, um, let me just give you the cliff notes I, in case you don't know the story. I'll bring you up to date, and then we'll walk through these together. And uh, Joseph was, was raised in a, in a really dysfunctional family. And so it got to the point where Joseph's brothers just hated him because of favoritism in the family and some, other, some, of, some of the other family dynamics. And as a result of that, Joseph's brothers decided that we're going to kill him. And so they started plotting his death. And then all of a sudden, one of his other brothers stood up, Reuben, and says, No, you can't kill him. Let's don't kill him. And stop right there. Every one of us needs a Reuben in our life. I hope you have a Reuben in your life. Then when everybody else, when the world walks out and the world walks away from you, a Reuben is the one that walks into your life. And so Reuben stands up, and Reuben says, we can't kill him. And so they put him in a pit, and and you can read the story for yourself, Genesis chapter 38 all the way to Genesis chapter 50. And so uh, Joseph gets out of the pit, uh, sold into slavery. He becomes in charge of the land, the area, and then they meet again. Uh, the family is 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 reunited. Jacob, his dad, is there, and all of that other stuff. And then we pick up the story in Genesis chapter fifty, verse fifteen. Here's what the scripture says: When Joseph's brothers saw that their father was dead, so they freaked out because they were wondering, did Joseph really forgive us? I mean, did Joseph just do this? since He was trying to please dad, and so now that dad's dead, it could be bad for us. So, so they said together. It may be that Joseph will. Okay, so here's the picture of unforgiveness. Let me give you a biblical picture of unforgiveness. It's just in one verse. And so here it is. It may be that Joseph will hate us. Hate is a part of unforgiveness. And pay us back. Listen, if you haven't forgiven someone, you will seek revenge the rest of your life. You will want to get even for all the evil that we did to him. So they sent a message to Joseph, saying, "Your father gave this command before he died. Say to Joseph, please forgive the transgressions of your brothers and their sin, because they they did evil to you. And now, please forgive the transgressions of the servants of, of the God of your father." Jesus, uh, Joseph wept when they spoke to him. Verse eighteen. Watch this. His brothers also came, fell down before him, and said, "Behold." we're your servants but Joseph said to them do not fear for I, for am I in the place of God as for you you meant evil against me so Joseph didn't minimize the offense guys you meant to kill me and it hurt And it hurt bad but God meant it for good to bring about the many people should be kept alive as they are today so do not fear. I will provide for you and your little ones, your children. Thus he comforted them and he spoke kindly to them. We can see from the verbiage of this and we can see from the text that Joseph had already forgiven them. I want to give you a process of forgiveness. If you're, if you're going to walk through forgiveness you're going to learn how to biblically forgive, you're going to have to walk through this process. The first one is this. I have to relinquish my right to get even. In other words, I have to release them. I have to relinquish my right to get even. When Joseph's brothers saw that their father had died, they they freaked out because they were worried that Joseph hadn't forgiven them. And I want you to see this. Joseph's brothers never asked for forgiveness. Joseph's brothers never said, we're sorry. They said, dad's sad for you to forgive. But you know what they said to Joseph? They fell down at his feet and they said, behold we're your servants. Duh. Joseph is in charge of the land. They may understand authority, but they obviously didn't understand forgiveness. That would be like one of your children, sinna, children sinning against you, hurting you, and your children coming to you and say, Dad, I'm your child. Mom, I'm your child. Well, you already knew that. So when you look at this, you realize that the, that the brothers did not, they did not ask for forgiveness. They did not acknowledge it to Joseph. They didn't say any of that. Let me ask you a question. Can you forgive someone who has hurt you, who lies and manipulates and never asks for forgiveness? Joseph's brothers had lied. They continually manipulated, and they never came to the place where they looked in Joseph's eyes and says, we hurt you, will you please forgive us? Verse 19, watch this in Genesis chapter 50, just just glimpse into forgiveness, but Joseph said to them, do not fear, for am I in the place of God? Bible that I had for years and especially when I was walking through this process in my life I I wrote in the margin I just made it so personal when I don't forgive I put myself in the place of God when I don't forgive it's like I'm got over them See the heart of real forgiveness you don't seek revenge you, you relinquish your right to get even Romans chapter 12 verse 19 Paul's writing and he says beloved and so now we know it's, that's a hint that he's talking to Christians he's talking to believers never avenge yourselves but leave it to the wrath of God for it is written vengeance is mine I will repay says the Lord Vengeance. The definition of vengeance is this: is to bring justice to an unjust situation. That's all vengeance is. It's, it is to bring justice to an unjust situation, and and guess what? That's impossible for us to do. Because God is the only one that is just. I'm telling you, when you don't forgive, when I don't forgive, you are putting yourself in the place of God. If if you don't forgive. You will always be plotting or seeking revenge. You will always be trying to pay something back or pay someone back. There will be something inside of you to where you will continually say, did you see what they did? Do you know what they did? Can you believe they just got by with that? That is unbelievable. Can you believe that they continue to do that? Listen, you will spend your life trying to prove something. And you say, well, wait a minute, you know, this stuff of relinquishing my rights to get even, I mean, I just want you to know, Pastor, I I think that's unfair. I I just think that's totally unfair, and so I would agree with you, you're right, it is unfair. Whoever said life is fair, whoever said forgiveness is fair, was it fair that Jesus Christ took my sin and your sin and went to the cross and forgave us so that we could go, like, scot-free? And have freedom in life, and be totally and completely forgiven, and deeply loved. I mean, see, grace is more than I just forgive you. Grace is deeper than that. Grace is I want to forgive you, and guess what? I want to bless you, and I want to add value to your life. See, if you're not careful, when you and I harbor unforgiveness, then then we won't we won't justice for everybody else and we want forgiveness for ourselves we want justice for everybody else and we want graciousness for ourselves and so when it comes to somebody else we say well that's just not fair but we don't really want God to be fair with us we want God to be forgiving towards us we want we want God to be gracious towards us and so that's why the Bible says that we have to come to the place if you're going to release this in your life to where you you relinquish your right to get even, because it will destroy you. Uh, My personal testimony just just speaks of that. And the truth is, life isn't fair. And forgiveness isn't fair. And that's why it's called grace. And it's grace that God has shown towards us. But the Bible does say this, that one day that God's going to even the score. One day God's going to even the ledger. One day God's going to take care of it. And so you come to the place to where you relinquish your right to get even and say, God, I just want you to settle. You, you take care of it. Because this is a transaction between you and God. And the reason that you forgive and the reason that I forgive is so that there could be peace in your life and there could be peace in your heart and that you're able to get on with your life and, where, and you leave the justice part up to God because don't you think he can do a better job at justice than you? is I'm telling you, When when you choose to forgive those who have hurt you, you take away their power. Unforgiveness shackles you to the offender. Unforgiveness shackles you to your past. I'm just telling you. I hear people all the time, I'll never turn out like my dad. I'll never turn out like my mom. Then you better forgive them. You better forgive them. When you choose not to forgive, you allow that person to continually hurt you today and tomorrow. You know one of the ways that you know that you're having trouble forgiving is when when you're rehearsing that speech in your mind, right? when you're going through that speech and when I, when I see them face to face here's the speech and and it, you know if you're like me we're awesome at that speech when we're not giving it when it's in our mind right unfortunately most of those speeches or the rehearsal of those speeches happens late at night when you're supposed to be sleeping then you wake up the next morning and you're tired and you're like I cannot believe I allow them to affect me I tell you that's what unforgiveness does unforgiveness listen unforgiveness cannot change the past it can only mess up today and mess up tomorrow. Listen, if you're still going through it in your mind, you haven't forgiven. God is not going through all of his, your sins in his mind. He has totally and completely forgiven you. So you have to come to that place to relinquish your right. If not, Hebrews says this Hebrews 12 15. Listen, we don't even have time for me to flesh this out. Let me read it. See to it that no one fails to obtain the grace of God, that no root of bitterness springs up, causes trouble, and by it many become defiled. I can trace my family history several generations back of unforgiveness, bitterness, and resentment that went from generation to generation to generation. And my wife and I have made made a commitment early on in our marriage. We're breaking the chain. If you're not careful mom and dad you will pass on a root of bitterness to your children and it will defile many so the first thing you have to do in forgiveness you have to relinquish your right to get even the second thing is this you have to learn to respond to evil with good responding to evil with good and that may look different in different situations but verse 20 here's what the scripture says as for you So Joseph is honest, he's not minimizing the hurt, he's not acting like it was no big deal. You meant evil against me, God meant it for good, to bring it about all that many people should be kept alive as they are today, so do not fear, I will provide for you and your little ones. And he's telling them, you know what, don't fear, I'm going to provide for you and your children. Thus he comforted them and spoke kindly to them. I mean it's hard when you harbor unforgiveness isn't it hard to speak kindly to that individual isn't it hard to speak kindly about that individual when their name comes up in topic or conversation because you want to make sure everybody knows what they've done wrong Jesus said this in Luke chapter 6 verse 27 Jesus made this statement talking about forgiveness he says but I say to you who hear, love your enemies do good to those who hate you bless those who curse you Pray for those who abuse you. If you just take the action verbs, if you just take the verbs are so important, and then you realize that it's, it's do good, bless, pray. Do good, bless, and pray. The question could come up, well, how do you know that you've genuinely forgiven someone? When you're no longer going through it in your mind. You're no longer rehearsing that speech when you throw away, in my case, when you throw away the the, the legal path, when you can come to the place to where you can honestly pray, where you can honestly pray for them in a positive way. Right? Not an old testament way. <laughs> when you can honestly pray for them, God, God bless them. That person who hurt you a lot, that parent who hurt you a lot, that ex-relationship that hurt you a lot, they were hurting a lot. They may have been hurting in all kinds of ways, but see, here's the deal, unforgiveness will only allow you to see your hurt and not their hurt. It's amazing when you walk through the process of forgiveness, and then for the first time, you can begin seeing their hurt. You can begin seeing their pain. You can begin maybe for the first time understanding, you know what? They, they're doing maybe the best, best they could. Now listen, someone can push back at this point and say, well, wait a minute, Pastor. I've never even, like, met you. You don't know me. You don't know how deeply I've been hurt. You don't know what they did to me. You don't know what they're continually doing to me. So, pastor, I just, I got to push back. You don't know the hurt. Let me just tell you this. You're exactly right. I don't know the hurt you have. I don't know how deeply you're hurt. But as your pastor, let me tell you this. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for the hurt. I'm sorry for the pain. I'm sorry for the thing that you're carrying. But I know this. You will never get on with your life in a healthy way unless you forgive them. Not forget. It's false belief about forgiveness. You will never get on your life in a healthy way unless you forgive them. And the only way that you and I can do that is a life that is filled with God and filled with God's love. Because what Paul was saying, that love keeps no record of being wronged. What Paul is saying is, is, when I keep a record, that's the most unloving thing that I can do. So if you're going to walk through forgiveness, you've got to relinquish your right to get even. You've got to learn to respond to evil with good. If, if you want to mess with your enemies forgive them the third third step I'm telling you is the hardest one of all and you gotta repeat this process as long as necessary forgiveness very rarely is a one-time event especially for deep hurt and deep pain forgiveness is very rarely just kinda of like this one-time event sit in one church service and 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 ask and, and forgive someone that generally it is a process And let me just tell you, and it may not be advisable in your situation for you to physically go back to the people who have hurt you. In other words, you shouldn't always go back to that person that's hurt you. uh, Things may have changed in their life. Things may have changed in your life. It may be unsafe. They may be unaware that they hurt you. They They may have remarried. So don't hunt them down on Facebook. <laughs> and create all kinds of other problems. <laughs> Maybe they've moved away. And it's impossible to find them. Maybe they're deceased. I know individuals. I've helped individuals through the steps of forgiveness for, for someone that was deceased and someone that was no longer living on this earth. And they're allowing that individual to affect them every day of their life. So maybe it's not advisable to go back and and talk to them. So one of the things that you can do is you can write a letter not to be mailed. And you write a letter because it engages the left side and the right side of your brain. It's one of the deepest forms of healing without the person involved. And to where you write a letter and say, "This this is what you did to hurt me, just like they're in the room with you. This is what you did to hurt me. You don't minimize the hurt, and you talk about the consequences. You talk about the situation. You talk about the deep pain. And then the last paragraph of that letter is, is this, would start off with, but you meant it for evil, and I choose to forgive you. And you start walking through that process. I'm telling you, it is not, it is not the hurt That destroys relationships is not the hurt that destroys marriages. You know what destroys relationships? Unforgiveness. That's it's not the hurt. It's this issue of unforgiveness. It's holding on to something and then holding it over them for like the rest of their life. And these steps, I promise you, I've told you, these steps are not easy. Fact is, these steps can be emotional, these steps can be painful. and you have to remember how much God forgave you he totally and completely forgave you so you're, like, you're like spotless you're like totally and completely forgiven that you're deeply loved that's why Colossians 3.13 says bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another Forgive. Forgive how? Forgive as the Lord forgave you. Ephesians 4.32 Be kind to one another. tender hearted, Forgiving one another. As God in Christ in Christ is circled highlighted asterisk starred in my Bible. In Christ as He forgave you. You, you were forgiven. Not because you deserved it. Not because you earned it. Not because you did more good stuff than bad stuff in your life. Not because you promised to never sin again and never fall again. You are totally and completely forgiven because you have faith in Christ. And it is being in Christ that he gives you the power to forgive. I'm telling you, if you're carrying deep pain, if you're carrying deep hurt, I'm sorry. And I'm sorry the way in which it's affected you. But you don't have to allow it to continually affect you today or tomorrow. As your pastor, I'm telling you forgiveness. Out of my personal story, out of his word, forgiveness is the only way you're going to get on with your life. Forgiveness is the only way that you're going to have a Healthy relationships around you. You need to understand forgiveness, just what the Bible says? is a two-way street. It's a bridge. and it connects you to the gracious heart of God. The Lord's prayer that many have grown up. Memorizing and reciting in church says this, Matthew six twelve, And forgive us of our sins as we have forgiven those who have sinned against us. When you recite the Lord's Prayer, you know what you're saying? God, the way I forgive others, you forgive me. That would have been a good thing to know before you prayed that prayer. (laughs) Right? God, the way I forgive others, I want you to forgive me. So you may decide this morning and say, I'm not forgiven. Then I hope you never sin again. forgiveness is a two-way bridge don't burn the bridge to the gracious heart of God it's an unbelievable truth when we forgive it unshackles me to my offender Because if you don't release them, you will end up resembling them. Would you bow your heads with me and close your eyes? Let me ask you this morning, what is, what is God saying to you as a result of this message? What, what is the Holy Spirit saying to you as a result of this message? Is there someone that you need to walk through the process of forgiveness? and begin forgiving them, relinquishing your right to get even, responding to evil with good, repeating the process as long as it takes to get, take the pain away. There's a period in my life I had to forgive every, felt like every hour. Every time I recalled them, every time I recalled that event, and then it became every week. And then it became every month. And then it's a process. It's very rarely a one time event. I'm telling you, as your pastor, you've got to let them go. What is the Holy Spirit saying to you? Will you say right now? Will you pray right now? Lord, I forgive. And I release fully. And you put in their name. And I release fully in the same way, God, that you forgave and release me. And God, I commit to you, I'm going to repeat this process as long as it takes. I want to be able to move on with my life I don't want them to keep hurting me every day of my life maybe you're here this morning and you say you know what I, I need prayer I'm carrying a burden that's too heavy for me to care carry it may be a physical issue it may be a financial issue it may be a relational issue It may be in the area of of forgiveness. James 5.16 says it is helpful when we confess our sins to one another. And they can pray for us. You may need just to come down in a few minutes after I pray. We're going to stand. And you may just want to grab a prayer partner and say, you know what? I choose to forgive. Fill in the name. Will you pray for me? That's all you need to say just mark it, mark it in your life so you know on this day I started the process if you need prayer in any area of your life after I pray we stand you come, Father we thank you for today, Father we thank you for your love and we thank you for your grace, Father we thank you the way in which you forgave each one of us and may we walk in forgiveness, and so Father I pray for this congregation, I pray for this church That you'd pull us very closely to you. And that we'd respond to you in prayer. And that you would do an amazing work in this congregation. For you are here with us on this day. For we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.